Welcome to Start Local, where we talk with business owners, leaders of nonprofits, and other members of our community focused on doing business in and around Chester County, Pennsylvania. Each episode will provide insight into the local business scene and tell you about opportunities to connect with and support businesses and nonprofits in your local area. Welcome to Start Local, where we connect with local leaders to support local businesses and nonprofits in and around Chester County, Pennsylvania. I'm Liam Dempsey, and I'm here today with my co-host, Eric Goodmanson. Eric, how are you this day? I'm doing very well. How about you, Liam? I am doing super fantastic. Thank you for asking. Super fantastic. Super fantastic. Yeah, somebody make a note of that. We're definitely going to have to put that in the show notes. Liam is super fantastic. The reason so is before we get to our guest, who we're really excited to welcome, um, you and I wanted to share an exciting update with our listeners. We are planning an in-person event for our Start Local community. That's right. As we uh, focus on connecting folks in and around Chester County, Pennsylvania, we think it's time to gather over a bit of food and a bit of drink. And while it is early days in our planning process, we are looking to host an event, we're pretty sure, in the first quarter of the new year. Kind of thinking late January, early February. But for now, the best way to make sure that you know the details is to head over to our website at startlocal.co and subscribe to our email list. At the top of every page on our website, you can click on the subscribe now button to make sure that we can keep you informed. When we have further updates to share, you'll be the first to know all about it. Now to our guest. We welcome Christopher McNeil, the Chief Operating Officer of Freya Systems, a local area data analytics, and software development company. Eric and I recently met Chris at Tech360, the technology conference organized and hosted by the Chester County Economic Development Council and its public-private partnership, ITAG. At Tech360, Chris spoke about AI and how it is being used across all industries, or many industries anyway. Chris talked about AI beyond the now very well-known ChatGPT. And speaking of ChatGPT, it is all over the news in recent days, uh, given the firing of its CEO and some uh, battles with the board of directors. But we are very much going to ask Chris about AI without uh, putting him on the hot seat and asking him about all the happenings at at OpenAI, the company that that makes ChatGPT. So, Chris, welcome to Start Local. Awesome. Thank you for having me here. I really appreciate it. And uh, nice to be here virtually with you all. Yeah, Chris, it's exciting to to sit down again with you. And for the purposes of those who can't see what we're wearing today, and that's everybody because we only output the audio files for our podcast, this is the first time in the history of the Start Local podcast that all three people on the call are wearing T-shirts. So I just want to officially record that <laughs> for posterity. <laughs> thanks, thanks, everybody, for showing up in a T-shirt today. Chris, you are the COO at Freya Systems. We shared that earlier in the show. And Freya Systems, as we said, is a data analytics and software firm. And you're in Media, Pennsylvania. For those who, who don't know, Media is the county seat of Delaware County, as we focus on Chester County, our neighbors over in Delco. Hello, Delco. Uh, what does a COO of a data analytics and software firm do? What does a day at work look like for you? Yeah. So this is a good question. Uh, the short answer is uh, I do a lot, uh, and there's no two days that are alike. Um, so the COO title is something that's external, uh, so people can sort of get an idea of what I'm doing. Uh, but we utilize 
EOS uh, in our business. It's the Entrepreneurial Operating System, and it's kind of like a blueprint for running our business. Uh, so there's like, it's a really good guide. There's there's multiple sort of key tenants around vision, strategy, processes, issues, and 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 one of the focuses is on people, and so they design an org chart for you. And so my internal kind of title is integrator. So multiple sections of the business plug into me. So that could be marketing, sales, it's operations, finance, and and HR as well. And then our CEO, Ben Johnson, his internal uh, role is this visionary. So Basically, on any given day, I could spend time in operations uh, trying to, to meet project goals and requirements or meeting with customers. It could be sales-focused, where we're kind of going through our offerings, uh, trying to help people understand what it is that we do. Or it could be a, you know things about marketing or finance, especially towards the end of the month, uh, where we need to get our budgets in. So it's definitely multifaceted and it could be focused on day-to-day operations, or I could be working with my CEO on our longer-term strategy. So there's no two days that are alike, and it's it's dynamic, and I really enjoy that, especially where I get to understand there's there's a lot of things coming in and get to prioritize what I need to work on. And some days I do that really well, and other days it's a little bit of a struggle. But it's 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 really fun, and 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 I really love the role. Well, Chris, one of the reasons we were wanting to have you on the show was because you do an excellent job explaining complicated topics very clearly. And I think that your title and your role of the company, uh, that's that's no exception to that that example. Um, and, and where we originally met was Tech360. Tech360 is a local technology conference. Liam and I are part of the team that helps to organize it. If you're curious about more details, you can always go to tech360pa.com. Um, but when when we were uh, at the conference this year, it was AI themed, and you were one of the speakers. And you stated in your talk that AI should be like a Honda Civic, which is a, a great way and a very unique way to explain AI. So, for our listeners here today, would you please explain that metaphor? Because I, I think it's it's a really important one. Absolutely. So I I don't think that a lot of people who work in AI are gonna. Uh, enjoy the metaphor of of what they do being compared to a, a Honda Civic, but the the focus around that talk was to get people when they think about AI to have more of an engineering mindset instead of a sci-fi one. So if you aren't sure about what AI is, you go to Google and you'll get killer robots trying to take over the world. You know, there's everybody stealing your data and, and, and things like that. So I, I wanted to have people kind of shift that mindset and think about a Honda Civic, right? You're buying a Honda Civic to travel from A to B. Uh, it's not going to do anything else. It's not going to garner any sex appeal or anything like that. It's a Honda Civic. And so just like AI... Honda Civics are built with a repeatable process. It's not very custom. Um, it's on the cheaper end, I mean, in terms of as cars go. And if you're doing AI right in your business, it, it's not something like you're building a, a, a crazy robot to do everything. So it was more about keeping that focus of an engineering mindset so that when we talk about AI for how you're going to use it in your business, you're not sort of you know, going off into sci-fi territory and you can understand, okay, I, I, 
I have a repeatable process I need to work with AI. It's a tool. I know the inputs and outputs. I know what the expectation is for it. And, and that, that was the, the focus. And plus, I have a Honda Civic, so why not? Chris, that was a great answer. And, and I really like what, what Eric said about how you do a great job explaining complex things in a simple and approachable way. So I'm going to throw another AI one at you. All right. And AI gets bantered around those two letters, nine ways to Sunday. And depending on who you talk to, it seems to mean every piece of new world software, oh, that's probably AI, or AI is doing this, and AI is doing that. And it, to your point, you know, it, it gets probably in the public mind a bit confusing about what is AI versus what is just a spreadsheet with formulas. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe you can talk about that uh, around the, the confusion with AI and maybe how you know, in your day-to-day job where you're talking to folks who want to hire your systems but don't understand what AI is, how do you parse that out in a way that is uh, useful for them? Yeah, so AI is definitely a, a catchphrase uh, nowadays, and, and a lot of things get labeled as AI. And I, I think uh, it's important to kind of go back and make sure we define this really well. If you go to a hardware store and uh, the saw is labeled as a hammer, you already know, okay, that's, that's not a hammer, right? And, and that's because we know what hammers are. We see them on a daily basis. Um, not a lot of people recognize what AI is, and therefore it's, it's difficult to understand what it is and, and what it does. So um, AI has been around for a very long time. There's decades. There's, there's been um, AI algorithms in the 80s, and, and they were limited by computing power. So it's, it's difficult to see. There's, sometimes there's dashboards uh, that get labeled with AI, and all they're doing is it's just interactivity with your data. And that's, that's not a bad thing. You can still get data insights from a dashboard, but the, the, the challenge is around what we define AI to mean and, and, and what it actually does. So, I mean, a simple answer for what AI is is, is more like it's, it's developing computer systems to perform human-like tasks. Um, so that can get super complicated uh, depending on, on what that is. But the, the idea around it is not everything out there is that's labeled AI is AI, and that's okay, but it's, it's challenging because if you don't have AI linked to something in your business and you're in software, you're in data science, data engineering, it, it kind of leaves you at a competitive disadvantage. So that's why you'll see that AI gets slapped on, on everything. Well, because of all the hype this year, many people incorrectly understand AI to simply be chat GPT. That's it. Um, but the reality is we have... ANI, AGI, ASI, and lots of other forms of artificial intelligence. So I'm curious to pin you down a little bit more about some specifics that people might recognize. What's cool? What's scary? What adds value? Um, what's some real AI well beyond chat GPT that, that people might recognize? So can you help explain those different types of AI and, and, and how does that really impact people's lives today? Sure. So... AI, like I, I mentioned before, is 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 computer system sort of carrying out human-like tasks. So a great example is when you're driving, right? You're driving along, you're seeing things, you're hearing things. Uh, hopefully, all those things are based on what you're driving. Uh, but you you're you're coming up to a traffic light and you see red, and that's data, whether you recognize it or not. It's visual data. Okay, you know it's a red light, 
And so you want to apply force to your brakes so that you can slow down your car and, and stop and not cause an accident. In the same way, we have computer systems that do that. Obviously, like a good example of exactly that would be Tesla and they're, they're self-driving, but e- even down to things like Netflix, right? Uh, we used to have Blockbuster and you would go and you'd get, you know, Bob's choices and you'd go see, okay, yeah, Bob likes action and die hard. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll choose uh, one of his recommendations. Netflix does the same thing when you're not sure what you want to, what you want to watch. Uh, they look at what you've watched in the past, what you've liked, and offer up suggestions to go and, and watch this video. So that's that's another example of where AI is used, and that's that's where people interact with it on a daily basis. Uh, there's lots of scenarios where they don't realize uh, AI is being utilized. Um, I know we've had um, projects in, in wastewater. There's, there's sensor-rich environment, and so we're helping to optimize their aeration process, but, you know, who thinks about where the water goes when they flush it down the toilet, right? So uh, there's, there's lots of different, different applications. I would say none of it's really too scary. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess if, you know, AI-guided missiles and stuff, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's definitely scary. Um, but I, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, it's definitely adding value in a lot of different industries, depending on how it's used. So, Chris, you, you shared rather succinctly how AI really is available to all different sorts of industries and sectors. And certainly, we know that so much data is being stored and made available to businesses and nonprofit leaders. Cloud infrastructure is so cheap these days that the, the conventional wisdom is just save the data. Just save it. Just save it. But we heard you talk about this at Tech 360, so I want to come back to it here now for folks who weren't at the conference and weren't in the room for your presentation. Data is just data, and and you have to, bad data doesn't help much. So what are your recommendations around data, how it should be stored and organized so that it can be analyzed and harnessed in the future when the, 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 the business leaders, the organizational leaders need it? Yeah, so... I would say the focus on on that question is definitely uh, around organization. Uh, We can store whatever. Uh, I would say that I was storing my clothes as a teenager by throwing them on the floor. So uh, there's a lot of ways we can store things and have it be an absolute disaster. Certainly if it's it's prudent for your business and and you have the money, storing as much data as possible is is the right way to go. But the the focus should be on organization and it doesn't mean that you need crazy databases or someone to, to handle all of that. If you know what you're doing, that's that's fantastic. But I would say if you have spreadsheets, make sure that your column headers are the same every single time. And if, if it doesn't fit, right, create a, create a new tab. Uh, it, it, it can really help with those key things like making sure your data is clean, making sure that things are uh, in the same columns that when you want to go and analyze that later, it's it's all right there for you. Um, I've seen a lot of disastrous spreadsheets where people want to put in pictures and, and all sorts of things. I, I would say if your focus is on storing data for analysis, make sure that you're, the only thing that you're storing is that data. And you can you can organize it. You can create file directories and labels for things, and that's that's great too. But 
it, it, it really, it's, it's just down to making sure your data is, is more standard, making sure there's, it's, it's clean. There's not a lot of blank values. And, and I would say, don't try and clean it yourself. Like, oh, that's a, that's a bad value. We'll just get rid of that. Well, sometimes those bad values are, are true values. And for analysis, we need those as well. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's more about what makes sense for your business and ensuring that organization is, is the key there instead of just throwing your data all over uh, you know, Dropbox or any, anything else, AWS, whatever. While preparing for this interview today, um, I was looking at your website and I noticed there are a number of short educational videos. Uh, the videos are truly aimed at, at educating your customers and I would assume your potential customers as well. Um, we love the idea of using educational materials as, as sales and marketing pieces. Uh, given the the data analysis, given that data analysis and computer software is not deeply understood by many of the people charged with buying such services and tools for their organizations, how important is customer education to your sales process, particularly as you're working with something as as new and and misunderstood as AI? Uh, it's basically all that there is. Uh, it's it's hugely <laughs> important. Uh, for customer education, and and I, I would say yes, it's important. It's an important part of our sales process, but it's it's also an important uh, thing within Freya Systems. Like we really care about education and educating internally. Uh, but the question, obviously, is about sales process. So uh, yeah, it's it's critical, and the reason why it's critical is because, like I mentioned, AI gets slapped on everything, and so it. it it needs to build trust. If a customer isn't sure what they're getting, they're not sure what they're buying, um, you need to be able to explain it simply in easy terms that they'll understand. And, and with data science and AI, it's, a, it's sometimes a science experiment, right? You need to be able to test hypotheses and that's difficult to sell sometimes. So when you're working with them, you want to explain what to expect that there may not be an exact outcome. Um, it's not deterministic. So we don't always know if A plus B equals C. Sometimes it's, it's, it's something else. And so just being really upfront with customers and helping to explain the process with them really builds trust. Uh, and it you know, helps make the decision easier for them. So I would say it's an extremely critical part of our sales process. Earlier in our conversation, you touched on a, a wastewater project, and that was with um, a local water company, Delcora. And you were helping them become more efficient uh, in their role or in their responsibility for processing the wastewater for not only your business, but the, the folks in and around uh, your local area. Tell us about that project. What was it like working with the folks responsible for handling such an important factor of your health and the health of your neighbors. That's a big responsibility. Yeah, it, de- it definitely is. And uh, this project is, is definitely one of my favorites. Uh, so I could talk all day about it. So I will definitely try and pare it down. <laughs> Thank you, uh, sir. <laughs> yeah. So Delcora is the Delaware County Regional Water Quality Control Authority. Uh, I had to write that down. Uh, so... Yeah, they clean, they clean wastewater. So I, I've, I've never really thought about how wastewater gets cleaned and, and the whole process 
of it, but it's it's really fascinating. It's a it's a sensor rich environment, and so they get wastewater from your home that comes through. They get sewage and and things like that. They also have uh, industrial waste, so they'll have trucks that come in and and dump it. And um, people don't know this, but it's it's a fairly energy intensive process. So what they're trying to do is essentially separate solids and liquids and then treat the liquids, make sure it's clean so it can go out into typically a body of water, uh, in this case, the Delaware River. So uh, where uh, a wastewater treatment um, plant will spend the majority of its energy is on aeration. So you try and pump a lot of oxygen into this, uh, into this system that, that contains bacteria, and so bacteria, this bacteria needs oxygen to thrive and, and treat this wastewater. So part of the challenge with that is uh, in order to get oxygen into this system, you need to generate it. And there's, depending on the wastewater treatment plant, there's lots of different ways to generate oxygen. And this one uses giant industrial blowers, so big fans, and they're trying to push air into wastewater, they create lots of little bubbles, and these bubbles sort of dissolve in, into oxygen, helps feed the bacteria. So our focus was to help optimize that process. Uh, obviously, when you're talking about big giant fans, there's lots of energy uh, that gets spent there. So we had a lot of data. I, I did not realize that in this industry, um, they have something called SCADA, or SCADA, I don't even know how to pronounce it, but it's it's about um, it's a data collection system where you can see what your system looks like on screen, and you can control things. You can control valves, blowers, like I mentioned. Um, th- there's lots of things turning off and on, opening and closing, and so we were able to take all that sensor data in, uh, understand, and, and we used a, a machine learning algorithm on it to help predict whether or not they would get an event that would be a high-cost event. So all blowers turning on at the same time. And so it's the, the algorithm's looking at the sensor data. It's learning what's going on. We're telling it, hey, you need to focus at least 30 minutes in advance so someone can do something about it. And we created a successful algorithm. And, and the team at Delcor was really great. Uh, they were very interested in AI, and, and so I, I love working with the folks there, and, and um, they really helped explain to us how wastewater worked. And so that's critical when you're developing an algorithm to not only understand what you're doing with the data, but understand what environment you're working in. How, how does that actually work? What, what is the effect of making a prediction? Um, and so that was a, a really great opportunity, and I, I'd love to to work with Delcor in the future. And it's it's it was just an awesome project. That sounds enormous and kind of mind boggling. And I have to be honest, I had no idea that when I was going to ask the question that I was going to learn that much about wastewater management processing. But that's that's a lot. That's a lot. A lot. That's that's really neat to. Not just to get to be able to have a hand in, in making that better, but also to learn about such a pivotal part about, you know, societal safety. So thank you for walking through that. Great job. Appreciate it. Absolutely. 
Yeah, that's a, a really engaging project. So I'm curious how Freya Systems is managing your your employees, your own employees. Um, are you remote? Are you in person? Uh, is is it hybrid? What's the what's the general trend as as you continue to grow and acquire projects like that? It's uh, a, a good question. So obviously, uh, COVID changed a lot of things for us. Uh, so we. Uh, prior to COVID, we were fully in person, and obviously COVID hit and things changed. So uh, we are a hybrid work environment, but not how you may think of it. Hybrid, most people are thinking, okay, three days in office, two days not. But um, we have people that are in the office one or two days. We have um, a couple people that are in five days a week. I myself, I'm, I'm usually in the office two or three days a week. So. Um, it's it's definitely challenging, but it's it's something that we really wanted to focus on, um, especially obviously COVID changed people's lives, and so uh, we try and manage it as best as possible. I mean, we we focus on collaboration, and we do things like team building events uh, to try and get people together. Sometimes we do team building events that are remote, uh, just to make sure that we reach people in a variety of uh, different ways. Uh, communication as well as is one of our focuses. So uh, we try to make sure that uh, you know some people don't, you know, when you were in the office, there's office chatter and you get to understand things that y- if you're working remote, you're not there. So you, you don't understand it. So we try to make sure we, you know, make sure emails go out. We have impromptu uh, video calls. We use Slack uh, so we can we can communicate with our employees that way. And then I would say the the uh, the focus on culture was a, a a big big deal for us. Making sure that people understood that that we care about them. Making sure that when we want to communicate something, that the message got through. Uh, so I, I would say we're we're doing well, but there's always room for improvement. Managing culture is an ongoing process for sure, and we talked about that with. Bob Cox, a guest, a couple of episodes back in episode 36 for those of you listening at home. Uh, It's a challenge for many, many leaders. And we understand that Freya Systems internally promoted a team member to to help craft and sustain a healthy company culture. So I'd be interested, how is that going? And and what was the thought process maybe behind internal versus somebody coming in from outside? Yeah, it's going really well. Uh, I, I have to to be honest, I was a little skeptical in the beginning. And I, I just so everybody's aware, I'm a fairly young COO. I, I haven't been in the position for long. And this is one of the things where I, I wasn't sure what to expect out of this. Um, and as we established this culture committee and uh, our, our cultural liaison, uh, her name is Dina Stewart. She's an amazing person. Um, as we started to grow this, define our, our values and what we want to embrace, I've seen enormous uh, kind of changes in our business and, and how things work and, and communication is, has just been fantastic. Our, our values are curiosity, ownership, tenacity, and compassion. And it's, it's really about embracing those and understanding this is what we do. This is how we go about our business. And so it really helps in in hiring uh, and and walking people through and, and understanding if they're the right fit for us and if we're the right fit for them. So it's been going incredibly well. 
the communication. I, sometimes I feel like I, I communicate something and I say something and everybody shakes their head. It makes sense. Uh, but it, it really helps to have someone in between to go and, and work with employees and they're, they're also a coworker. So that's, that's what really helps instead of someone from the outside. You're never sure what's getting filtered through, you know, what, is this really going to be an anonymous feedback kind of thing? And, and I, I would say it's, uh, we've done a good job at promoting culture and Dina's done a good job of, of holding us accountable in, in, in our company. So it's, it's been going really well. And I, I feel like the team is, is gelling a lot more and, and, and morale has been, been fairly high. Well, I think that one way companies can be accountable is by giving back to the local community. And I think that's, I'm assuming that's a big part of Freya Systems uh, culture because I know you've participated in a hackathon in a recent Philadelphia Tech Week. So would you shed some light on why giving back matters to the culture at Freya Systems and maybe your, your experiences with that hackathon at Philly Tech Week? Absolutely. So, um, I mean, giving back is, is one of the things we, we like to do, especially around education. Um, it's, it's really important that, you know, we have, we have skills uh, and we try and tell others and teach others about, about those skill sets so that we can help, you know, grow that in society. Uh, Philly Tech Week is, was really cool. Uh, it's an annual event to celebrate the innovation and, and creativity in our, in our region. So the, uh, we, we hosted a hackathon. It was focused on uh, MLS, the Major League Soccer, and it was uh, sponsored by the Philadelphia Union. So that was, that was really cool. We never hosted a hackathon before, so it was, it was interesting to um, get everybody together. And so the, the focus was to predict outcomes from MLS matches, uh, and the winners got to receive like tickets or gear from, from the Union. So it was a really fun experience and and we got to meet some of the winners and and went to the same game so it was uh, it was an enjoyable experience i think it's something that we'd love to do in the future uh and continue to do um we've done it with philly tech week we've also talked about some some other events but it's it's fun giving back it's fun spending time with people and 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 this kind of community where people are interested in data and, and doing fun things with it so I have to ask a dumb question. You said the word hackathon, and I know I said the word hackathon, but it occurs to me as you were answering, probably a lot of people don't know what a hackathon is. And, and if anything, they might be afraid of a hackathon when we're talking about it in the context yeah. of sewage treatment and, uh, and uh, AI and all that. So what is a hackathon? Yep. So a hackathon is, is really just a dedicated time where people are, are spending uh, the majority of their focus trying to solve a, a, a single problem. So the hackathon was over a few days. So the idea was, okay, people are going to be able to predict MLS events and not get bogged down by emails or, or something, something else. So the focus was to create algorithms to try and solve that problem uh, and spend their time doing that as quickly as possible. Uh, so you have to make a lot of decisions in a hackathon. You're, you're limited with time. So you want to do something quick and as effective as, as you think. Um, so with algorithms, sometimes people can spend months trying to do something and, 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 you know, just trying to develop it. So hackathon, quick kind of focused goal, except it's, you know, with AI or sometimes software, they'll do it as well. So 
Nothing about hacking someone's computer or anything like that. So, yeah. Thanks for keeping it all white hat here. No black yep. hat activity yeah. on the Star Local <laughs> podcast. Uh, by the way, folks, we'll be in- sure to include uh, links and everything we've talked about today on the show over at uh, our website, startlocal.co. Startlocal.co. Chris, you, you just kind of shared why giving back to the local community matters so much to you and your colleagues at Freya Systems. But how can your local community support you? How can they support Freya Systems? How can how can we rally around you and support your needs? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we love what we do. So if you work in a company or know someone at a company that has, uh, you know, AI needs, especially with, with complex systems, um, I mean, we'll... We'll work with anyone, but if it's in the utility space or aviation defense, uh, I, you know, we can help harness the uh, the insights in your data. So give us a give us a call. I mean, we're we're open to to discussions. We're also, I mean, like I mentioned, we're we, we like to give back. So if you're someone that's looking for an opportunity or a, a new role in data science or in software. Uh, also give us a call and reach out to us. Well, I can tell you that the tech workers are in peak demand right now. Uh, if you yep. can analyze data, if you can write code, if you can uh, you know, work in security and, and manage IT, it's, uh, it's an awfully good time to be an employee right now. Um, so what has recruitment and retention been like for Freya Systems in recent years? And I'm curious if you're hiring right now. So certainly, we really appreciate all the, the work you're doing to help develop talent by doing things like, like the hackathon. But uh, when it comes to, to actual you know, current status, how do things look right now? Yep. Uh, retention has been fairly decent uh, over the past few years. Um, I would attribute that to, to our amazing culture. Uh, and in, in terms of hiring, we're always interested in talking with people that are curious and, and, and innovative. And um, I would say that this is this is an interesting, obviously it's an interesting time. And, and there's a lot of other kind of avenues. When, when you think about software development, you think about data science, you, you know, people are like, oh, okay, let's, let's see what colleges are, are, are bringing out and things like that. But there's also lots of little kind of alternatives like boot camps for coding. Uh, there's there's uh, one Wilmington that we've used called Zipcode. Um, and and they, they train software developers, they train data engineers. And so that's been interesting as well. So we have a number of Zipcoders in our, in our company. So I would say it's absolutely a, a great time. We've not had uh, too many issues in, in recruitment. Um, the, the pipeline's fairly strong, and, and we're always interested in uh, talking to, to people that are interested in us. Thank you for sharing those insights. That's helpful to know. Uh, Chris McNeil, COO of Freya Systems, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And thank you to my co-host, Liam Dempsey. Chris, it's uh, been a delight to spend time with you yet again today, uh, albeit virtually. Um, thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. The Start Local podcast is published every two weeks. We invite you to subscribe to Start Local using your favorite podcast app. You can also visit Start Local website at startlocal.co for show notes, including links mentioned on this show and summaries of past episodes. We hope you join us for the next episode. Thank you for listening.